When the angel of the Lord appeared to the shepherds living in the fields near Bethlehem that night, God's glory shone all around, suddenly surrounding them with a daylight too bright for their eyes. Squinting, terrified, their legs giving out, those poor shepherds could barely hear the angel's first words of assurance. Do not be afraid. Could barely hear those words for the fear jolting through their bodies. Could barely hear them for the deep-seated feeling that so much of life truly was fearful and miserable. Living in fields for months at a time on subsistence wages, isolated from society, nothing about their lives could have prepared them for the dazzling glory before them. And yet, there it was. An angel proclaiming salvation by way of an infant lying in a manger. And then throngs of angels lighting up the sky, chanting and sudden in their arrival, proclaiming God's greatness and overwhelming these poor shepherds. Somehow, they managed to regain their footing and stagger towards Bethlehem to see the miracle. They saw it. And returning to the fields, they themselves praised and gave glory to God. I wish I could have been there. Don't you? I think we would gladly undergo that initial terrible fear just to receive the blessed assurance that followed. To have the message seared on our retina that there was nothing to be afraid of ever. Because God's love had come down to save us, an incontrovertible truth through which we could see the world from now on, no matter what would befall us. Wouldn't that be something? To never be afraid. Like every day would feel like the best Christmas we'd ever had. And yet, I can't help but wonder what happened to those shepherds in the months and years that followed. Did they hold the vision in their hearts for the rest of their lives? Year in, year out, through the muck and the rain and the cold, barely making enough to live on. Was the memory of that angel's promise of salvation enough for them? Did the assurance, do not be afraid, keep them warm and embolden them whenever they recalled it? Or did they eventually falter and fall away and start to wonder whether it had even happened? Years later, did they ask one another whether it might have been a mass hallucination after too many cold nights? After all, it's easy to be awestruck and filled with joy in the moment of miracle. But the true test of faith and joy comes after the miracle's light has faded away in those months and years of waiting for the promise's fulfillment. And so it is with us today. We were not there then, of course, but we have received that same message year in and year out, though not in so spectacular a fashion. Do not be afraid. Salvation has come. Rejoice and be glad. And many of us have even experienced what we would call miracles. 
Hearing the voice of a loved one whisper in our ear in the very moment they have died halfway across the country. Or feeling the warm presence of God surrounding us in a moment of sorrow or fear to comfort us. Or maybe not miracles, but surprises of joy we could never have imagined. We read about them every week. The GoFundMe campaign that raises tens of thousands more than what was asked or imagined to help someone who has undergone a tragic loss or is in desperate need. Or how people come out of the woodwork when we are in need, cousins or old friends offering prayer and material support. Or all those strangers donating to victims of the California fires or the Florida hurricanes. Shouldn't those all be assurances of God's blessing and favor, despite all the darkness and the night that surrounds us? Yet we falter in our belief, because everything can be explained away as a fluke or simply as an outpouring of generosity that has nothing to do with God or the divine. Or because the world simply has too much wickedness in it to believe that salvation will really balance the equation of our existence. So maybe like those shepherds, we start to think this whole Jesus Christ, our Savior thing, was all in our imagination. In the bidding prayer that we hear every year at our Advent Lessons and Carol service here at St. Luke's, usually in mid-December, the priest says the following, Beloved in Christ, in this season of Advent, let it be our care and delight to prepare ourselves to hear again the message of the angels, and in heart and mind to go even unto Bethlehem to see the babe lying in a manger. This is why we have Christmas every year. We need to be reminded that God's love truly is the most powerful force in the universe and that Jesus personified that love, first as a helpless babe in a manger and then as a man of endless compassion. And we need to choose every year to see the world that way as filled with God's love, when others would simply see random acts of kindness. But some of us have been blinded by the way the world works, where power is in the hands of the mighty, and compassion is the last thing on their minds. We need to come together at the end of every year to retell the stories of salvation and miracle. That yes, these things did happen. If not in fact, then in truth. And we are witnesses because, look, we can still see the light all around us. The vision is imprinted on our eyes. So we give each other presents and we get on airplanes to visit one another and we light up trees and sing carols because every one of those actions insists that the light of God's love still shines and is the one thing that will bring about salvation. And so my message to you today is this. Keep that vision before you always. Look for it, not just at Christmas time, but every day of the year. Do not falter, but believe. Find the bits of light that God has scattered across your life to remind you of the blessed miracle of love. What others may simply see as everyday occurrences of generosity, you choose to see as the gracious hand of God at work in the world.
Uh, a curious thing happened a few Saturdays ago. As I was walking in the West Portal neighborhood of San Francisco, going to meet friends for breakfast, I crossed an intersection just behind two men, one carrying a pizza box and the other in a wheelchair. At the corner we were heading towards was a police officer's van with two male cops inside. One of them hailed the guy in the wheelchair by name and they chatted briefly as I maneuvered past them at the corner. Before I was out of earshot, as the van was pulling away, I distinctly heard one officer call out to the man on the sidewalk, I love you, and then heard the man in the wheelchair respond, I love you too. I paused and almost turned around, not quite believing what I'd heard. Then I smiled and thought to myself, wow, that's just wonderful. And I gave thanks to God for letting me hear that exchange because it kind of recharged my faith in humanity that morning, even if for just a little while. And by extension, it recharged my faith in God's grace. A few weeks ago, I took a tour of Jewish family services out on Oka Road near the Lark Avenue exit off Highway 17. Mindy Berkowitz, the executive director, had invited me after our Los Gatos Interfaith Clergy Group took up a collection for their refugee assistance program at our yearly Thanksgiving service. At one point on our tour, Mindy and I visited their ESL class, English as a Second Language, so I could meet some of the refugees that they've been helping. <laughs> I have to say it was one of the most moving experiences I have had in a long time. The seven adults in that class were just filled with joy. Asked to introduce themselves, one young man jumped up exuberantly and said, My name is Tural, and this is wife, Isil. We are Azerbaijani, and very, very happy to be here. My English, not too good. No, no, it's great, I insisted. But Jewish Family Services is second home. They have been so good to us, and um, I have job now and learn English, and have place to live. Out there, many, many years, much, much stress, very much stress. In here, happy. In here, happy stress. <laughs> and the man could not stop smiling, and neither could I. His wife then introduced herself, followed by the woman from Eritrea, the woman from Ethiopia wearing a hijab, and two women who seemed to be fast friends, one from Ukraine and the other from Russia. Then a handsome older man stood up very formally and said, I am from Russia and I love America. Everyone is good to me. I love America and I love California. <laughs> At which point, everyone in the class applauded and said, Yes, California! Beautiful! Nice! I love California, too! And I laughed and applauded myself. Later, with Mindy, she herself shook her head in disbelief and said, Wow, they were like from Central Casting. <laughs> so wonderful and lively and grateful. We heard them still laughing as we walked away down the hallway, and I said, Yeah, but haven't they come from some terrible situations? Oh, heck yeah, Mindy said. 
You don't leave your country and the people you love if things aren't really, really bad. And then they spend years in refugee camps while the U.S. does a thorough vetting to make sure they're really fleeing persecution and won't be a danger here. That's why they're so grateful to finally arrive. We meet them at the airport and embrace them. And in some ways, we never let go until they can stand on their own two feet. And I looked at her and said, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Here's what I think happened to those shepherds. Things could never go back to the way they were once they had witnessed those angels in the sky. And even though nothing else in their lives appeared changed, the very way they saw everything around them was now different. I believe they saw grace in the rain, joy in the muck, and an endless summer even in the cold. They believed the angels promise to their dying day and trusted in its fulfillment, for they saw it in bits and pieces all around them. And every year when they returned to that particular field at that time of year, they told one another the story again to remember and to give thanks. Frederick Beekner, the American writer and theologian, insists, What keeps the wild hope of Christmas alive year after year in a world notorious for dashing all hopes is the haunting dream that the child who was born that day may yet be born again, even in us. That is my wish for you this Christmas and every day in the years to come. Merry Christmas.